is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Welcome into the Locked On Pacers podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Adam Friedman, and I'm going to be taking over the Locked On Pacers podcast from now and for the foreseeable future from the wonderful Tom Lewis. Uh, This is my first podcast on this network, and I just wanted to introduce myself to all the folks out there listening to this right now. Um, Right now, I am currently a staff writer at IndieCornrows.com. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. I go to school right now as a junior at Syracuse University in their broadcast department, and I'm a huge, huge Pacers fan. So just so people know, uh, this first one was a little bit of a test podcast, so there's some issues, technical difficulties, whatever. Uh, Excuse me for that one. I will be getting better at this, but this is my first one posting on this network, so I'm not quite for sure, surely sophisticated at this network, but I will get better each time. Um, I plan on doing this podcast probably twice a week, if not more, just depending on what's going on with the Pacers and stuff like that. You know, I could see myself doing it up to three or four times a week, depending on draft, trades, whatever. Um, But for this first one, I interviewed Tom Lewis, who the former host of this podcast and the current editor-in-chief of IndieCornRose.com. We talked a little bit about C.J. Miles to start the show, moved into the Pacers draft, who they could pick where they could go, what directions, and then we talked a little bit at the end about the future of the Pacers, the point guard position, specifically focusing on Joe Young. I hope you enjoyed this first podcast. We are brought to you by SeatGeek as our official sponsor. The promo code to use is LOPACERS for the SeatGeek code to use here. You can use that to basically for any kind of tickets you're trying to buy, probably good for Indianapolis Indian tickets or maybe a summer baseball game if you're a Reds fan, Cubs fan. I know there's a lot of different baseball teams around the Indianapolis area. But for now, let's hit this podcast and let's get right to it. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So CJ Miles opted out of his uh, $4.8 million player option for next season. Miles last season had a pretty good year for the Pacers, had a career best 41% three-point shooting, was 43%. Um, normal field goals and a 90% from the free throw line, probably one of the best overall seasons for him. In his career, he played 76 games, the most in his career. He doesn't necessarily have a starter, but he was the Pacers' all-around utility guy, and he'll be missed if he's not re-signed. But the question really is, is he going to be brought back because there's so much other contingent things the Pacers have with the Jeff Teague free agency, who they go after with Paul George. I'm not sure Miles is part of their future of this team, but he had a really good season last year. And my just first question right off to you is, should they bring him back? Well, I, I just don't think it's feasible for the Pacers to bring him back at this point. He's going to get paid. Somebody is going to want a knockdown three-point shooter. And as we know, he's 
pretty streaky to get through those numbers when you look at him. I mean, he's on and off, and you know that that's kind of frustrating with his game. Obviously, he had the glaring miss in game one against Cleveland, but uh, we don't want to hold that against him because uh, he really did perform well in a number of ways for the Pacers. But you think about it, you know, he's 11-year pro, came out of high school. His career earnings are around $33 million. You know, he's set to likely double that, in, you know, if he's on the four-year deal. So uh, it's time for him to get paid. He knows that. He mentioned that uh, a few times during the season that, you know, nothing is the Pacers, but he's up and out because this is he's basically at 30, his last chance to really get paid. So uh, he, he's just going to be too rich for the Pacers uh, this offseason. Yeah, he likes so many other Pacers that are free agents this offseason. It's really contingent on really what happens with Paul George, too, because I think if they wanted to run it back like last season, they could bring him back. It would push him towards that luxury tax number, which I'm not sure they want to pay, but we still don't know what's going to happen with PG, and that's really the, everything is contingent on that because if they get rid of PG, they're not going to bring back CJ because he's not the kind of guy you, you're going to build a new team around. He's kind of the guy you bring in as like the filling guy. He's one of their best utility players. You know, he said it best. He, um, I think, he gave an interview last week. He said, basically, I'll play any role they ask me to play. So, I mean, you saw two years ago when he played basically power forward on defense when Paul George didn't want to play power forward on defense. You know, he'll come in and play shooting guard at times. He'll just, wherever somebody gets hurt, you know, this season he played, he subbed in for Paul George when he was hurt in the year. He'll play shooting guard. He'll do anything the Pacers ask him to do. And he's really kind of, that. what's his value is that he can kind of, stretch anywhere from shooting guard to, to power forward at times because of his size and his ability. And But he's going to, like you said, he's going to get a $60 million contract, my guess is. I mean, if Solomon Hill can get $52 million like last season, which is a ridiculous to get off with, I think they've got $52 million. There's no way CJ can't get 60 And it's just like... Yeah, you have a feeling that was the, the day CJ decided to opt out when he signed that deal last year. Yeah, I mean, he has to look last year like he had a been looking at Solomon Hill and like, he probably kicked that dude's butt in practice all around the court last season. Solomon Hill, he's like, that dude is making three times what I'm making this season. That's just ridiculous to begin off with in this league. Yeah, and, you know, as far as the Pacers' priorities, I mean, bringing him back, you know, as you mentioned, you got PG, you got Jeff Teague to deal with, who they're going to bring in uh, as young guys and, and possibly trying to move other guys. I mean, CJ would be you know, six, maybe fifth or six on the priority list. And I just don't see, again, the numbers matching up. I hope, you know, for CJ's sake, you know, the guy's a great guy. He's the guy in the media that's really going to miss his professional presence, his ability to you know, talk to everybody on the team like a pro, and also handle the media. I mean, there were a lot of nights where, you know, he was the go-to guy, regardless of what happened. He would speak on it. And, uh, uh, you know, everyone kind of leaned on him at times uh, after a bad game or, or when the locker room was down. You know, he was always the guy who would step up and talk. So uh, they're going to miss his leadership uh, in a lot of ways on that team. But the fact is, like you said, you know, he's, he's a good role player, utility guy, willing to do anything. Uh, but, you know, it, it's time for him to go out and get paid. And I have a feeling someone's going someone's gonna to give him that cash to – knockdown freeze yeah he should go get the money because i mean like he like you said he's been a great locker room guy and he deserves some money i mean like he shouldn't 
take a discount to stay or he should go get as much money as he can because he's really kind of been in the backseat of teams. Like the Pacers don't prioritize him the way he should be prioritized maybe. And he should take that $60 million deal because, like you said, he's only made $30 million, which is a lot of money. But for an NBA player of his level, he should be making 10 or $15 million a year now in the way the salary cap is. And it, Yeah, I mean, that's part of his value too is, you know, we know him as the three-point shooter, and sometimes you think about the value he has just literally on the court in the game. Uh, but for him, at least with the Pacers, the willingness to do anything, the ability to, you know, handle your game on and off the court like a pro, set an example, those things are valuable to a franchise. So, you know, that's where he, he's earning his money as well, and he's earned this opportunity. Yeah, I mean, he definitely earns whatever he gets. Obviously, he's gonna earn because he's gonna get. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna seem ridiculous how much money he gets, and it's gonna this. I mean, again, it's gonna be like last off season. Remember last off season with the NBA players, the kind of money that was being thrown around. It's probably gonna get worse this off season because there's even more cap room for teams. Like, I mean, maybe we want to move on to Jeff Teague basically, and I wonder what kind of contract he's gonna get going into this season because he's got to be. He's probably the Pacers. You know, you take George out, he's their number one free agent priority is Jeff Teague because what do you do with him? And if he asks for, I don't know, $100 million, do you give him that kind of money? Because that's a lot of money to give to a guy who Teague was good last year, but he's not, you know, he's, I don't think he's in the top 10 of point guards in the league, maybe not even top 15. But if he asks for four or five years at 100, $110 million, that's a lot of money to give him. I don't know if the Pacers should give him that kind of money. Yeah, it's going to be... Uh... Another huge question here because he's again like CJ in this market. It only takes a couple other suitors to uh, go after him, and really there are uh, a lot of high-level point guards. You know, Chris Paul and Steph Curry, but uh, you know Curry's going to stay in Golden State. Uh, so there are a lot of options out there. And you know, it was shocking last year when Michael Conley got you know 153 million. Uh, I have a feeling. Uh, <laughs> Teague's going to be well north of $100 million. And, you know, a lot of times I see Pacers fans, you know, hoping, analyzing, thinking, well, ah, 16 to $20 million might be right for Teague. And uh, probably that is right, but that doesn't mean that's uh, how the market's going to fall out. And I, you know, I'm assuming it, it might be close to 20 to $24 million. So, whew, that's a lot of money. And at some point, you almost have to put the blinders on to the numbers and, and make sure you know the guy fits the team and and the salary cap going forward and, and what they can do. Uh, and, and the problem with T again, consistency a little bit scares us because you know we see every game, we know all the flaws. Uh, other teams you know can break down and, and pull out the good stuff and say, oh yeah, we need that guy, and they're going to be willing to overpay. Uh, but at some point, the Pacers are going to have to decide, are they going to give Lance Stevenson the ball and let him run primarily with the ball, which is a big risk. <laughs> as fun as it might sound at times, that's a big risk. Uh, or are they going to have him be more of a utility backcourt guy with Teague being uh, you know, a fixture as a point guard? And again, it depends on the Paul George situation, but I have a feeling they're going to, they're going to make a run at him this summer. We'll just see how how uh, much money he can. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if at first he asked for the Mike Conley type of money. He probably won't get it to start. 
But if he comes out and that's a, that's his starting position on negotiation, and then he kind of gets his way down. Because I mean, especially with the way players of his caliber are averaging seventeen and ten a game, I wouldn't be surprised if some other team offers him a hundred plus million. If they just have to match that somehow, because the Pacers basically they can't afford to lose him for nothing because they gave up George Hill last year, another asset to get him, and it would just be. Especially if they're trying to keep Paul George long term, it'd be so much of like a setback if they just let Teague walk without getting like replacing him somehow. Because there's, you know, you don't get a lot of big name free agents here in Indiana, and Teague is from here, and he probably wants to stay here because this is where he's from. Went to high school here. It makes sense for him to be here. So if the Pacers aren't willing to pay him, I don't know if that really makes sense why they wouldn't be able to, especially the lack the black of freedoms that come to this this state if that makes sense for them not to just let him walk even if he gets up into the 120 million let's say over four or five years which is a lot of money to pay for a guy of his level but it might be what the market says to do yeah and i think they made that deal with the assumption they were going to pay him as a free agent and you know i said a bunch of times i mean I, the one that people are upset about george hill being that trade and being dealt thinking it was disrespectful i honestly think George Hill was, was not going to sign here again, and that's, you know, that's why they made the move, because they didn't want to be left holding the bag with him. So, uh, you know, they're, they're definitely going to have to make a run of tea. You know, he's been around town this summer. He's quite visible. Um, I, I always look at those kind of uh, reading the tea leaves with, you know, social media and things that happen in the off season. You know, I, I recall before Paul George signed his uh, last deal that, you know, he bought this huge house on guys in June. It was like, oh, okay, I think Paul's going to be staying around. <laughs> and sure enough, you know, it was announced not long after that that uh, uh, he signed that next deal. So uh, we'll see uh, where that goes. But, you know, that's, I don't know what, storyline three of intrigue this summer? It's going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely going to be one of the more interesting and more important off-seasons for the Pacers because of just all the mitigating factors with Paul George and free agencies and the way the cap goes and the losing of Larry Bird and the bringing of a new GM. It just, this is going to be one of the most important off seasons I can think of in a long time for this team because it's, they're at this kind of roadway where if they can go one way or the other, they could rebuild, they could keep going. You know, it's just, it's, a, it's a, going to be one of the toughest off seasons to do. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. When we come back from this, we will, talk about the Pacers draft prospects at the number 18th pick this season and some workouts coming up uh, later this week. Listening to the Locked On Pacers podcast. Our first and only sponsor is brought to us by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the wonderful ticket comparing site for music and sporting events. SeatGeek is just a great site for Really, this time of year, probably whether you're going to a concert or maybe a baseball game, you can basically go to the website and I'll tell you whether you're getting a good deal on a ticket based on the dot, on the thing. Earlier this year, I used it for some paper tickets for my dad, and it was great. I got us some Section 20 seats for like 40 bucks. It was great. We got to the game and really enjoyed ourselves. It was really good. So again, for this podcast, the promo code is LOPACERS to get a deal on the Seeky tickets. You know, we use probably right now for some baseball games or concerts. Again, use the promo code LOPATRIOTS to get a great deal when you go to SeatGeek.com. You are locked on Pacers, 
your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So CJ Miles opted out of his uh, $4.8 million player option for next season. Miles last season had a pretty good year for the Pacers, had a career best 41% three-point shooting was 43%. Um, Normal field goals and a 90% from the free throw line, probably one of the best overall seasons for him in his career. He played 76 games, the most in his career. He doesn't necessarily have a starter, but he was the Pacers all-around utility guy, and he'll be missed if he's not re-signed. But the question really is, is he going to be brought back because there's so much other contingent things the Pacers have with the Jeff Teague free agency, who they go after with Paul George. I'm not sure Miles is part of their future of this team, but he had a really good season last year. And my just first question right off to you is, should they bring him back? Well, I, I just don't think it's feasible for the Pacers to bring him back at this point. He's going to get paid. Somebody is going to want a knockdown three-point shooter. And as we know, he's pretty streaky to get through those numbers when you look at him. I mean, he's on and off and... Now, that, that's kind of frustrating with his game. Obviously, he had the glaring miss in game one against Cleveland, but uh, we don't want to hold that against him because uh, he really did perform well in a number of ways for the Pacers. But you think about it, you know, he's an 11-year pro, came out of high school. His career earnings are around $33 million. You know, he's set to likely double that, in, you know, if he's on the four-year deal. So uh, it's time for him to get paid. He knows that. He mentioned that uh, a few times during the season that, you know, nothing is the Pacers, but he's up and out because this is he's basically at 30 his last chance to really get paid. So uh, he, he's just going to be too rich for the Pacers uh, this offseason. Yeah, he likes so many other Pacers that are free agents this offseason. It's really contingent on really what happens with Paul George, too, because I think if they wanted to run it back last season, they could bring him back. It would push him towards that luxury tax number, which I'm not sure they want to pay. But we still don't know what's going to happen with PG, and that's really the, everything is contingent on that. Because if they get rid of PG, they're not going to bring back CJ because he's not the kind of guy you you're going to build a new team around. He's kind of the guy you bring in as like the filling guy. He's one of their best utility players. You know, he said it best. He um, I think given an interview last week, he said basically I'll play any role they ask me to play. So I mean, you saw. Two years ago when he played basically power forward on defense, when Paul George didn't want to play power forward on defense, you know, he'll come in and play shooting guard at times. He'll just, wherever somebody gets hurt, you know, this season he played, he subbed in for Paul George when he was hurt in the year. He'll play shooting guard. He'll do anything the Pacers ask him to do. And he's really kind of, that's what his value is, that he can kind of stretch anywhere from shooting guard to, to power forward at times because of his size and his ability. And, but he's going to, like you said, he's going to get a $60 million contract, my guess is. I mean, if Solomon Hill can get $52 million like last season, which is a ridiculous to get off with, that they've got $52 million. There's no way CJ can't get 60 And it's just like... Yeah, you have a feeling that was the, the day CJ decided to opt out was when he saw Solomon sign that deal last year. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he has to look last year like he had a been looking at Solomon Hill and like he probably kicked that dude's butt in practice all around the court last season Solomon Hill he's like that dude is making three times what I'm making this season that's just ridiculous to begin off with in this league yeah and you know as far as 
the Pacers' priorities. I mean, bringing him back, you know, as you mentioned, you got PG, you got Jeff Teague to deal with. Who's they going to bring in uh, as young guys and, and possibly trying to move other guys? I mean, CJ would be, you know, six, maybe fifth or sixth on the priority list. And I just don't see, again, the numbers matching up. I hope, you know, for CJ's sake, you know, the guy's a great guy. He's the guy in the media that's really going to miss his professional presence, his ability to you know, talk to everybody on the team like a pro, and also handle the media. I mean, there were a lot of nights where you know, he was a go-to guy, regardless of what happened. He would speak on it, and uh, uh, you know, everyone kind of leaned on him at times uh, after a bad game or, or when the locker room was down. You know, he was always the guy who would step up and talk. So. They're going to miss his leadership uh, in a lot of ways on that team. But the fact is, like you said, you know, he's, he's a good role player, utility guy, willing to do anything. Uh, but, you know, it, it's time for him to go out and get paid. And I have a feeling someone's going, to, someone's going to give him that cash to knock down threes. Yeah, he should go get the money because, I mean, like he, like you said, he's been a great locker room guy. He deserves some money. I mean, like, he shouldn't take a discount to stay or he should go get as much money as he can because he's really kind of been in the backseat of teams like the Pacers don't prioritize him the way he should be prioritized maybe and he should take that 60 million dollar deal because like you said he's only made 30 million dollars which is a lot of money but for an NBA player of his level he should be making 10 or 15 million a year now in the way the salary cap is and it yeah I mean that's part of his value too is you know we know him as the three point shooter, and sometimes you think about the value he has just literally on the court in the game. Uh, but for him, at least with the Pacers, the willingness to do anything, the ability to, you know, handle your game on and off the court like a pro, set an example, those things are valuable to a franchise. So, you know, that's where he, he's earning his money as well, and, and he's earned this opportunity. Yeah, I mean, he definitely earns. Whatever he gets off the he's going to earn because he's going to get I mean, it's gonna it's gonna seem ridiculous how much money he gets, and it's gonna this. I mean, again, it's gonna be like last off season. Remember last off season with the NBA players and kind of money that was being thrown around. It's probably gonna get worse this off season because there's even more cap room for teams. Like, I mean, maybe we want to move on to Jeff Teague basically, and I wonder what kind of contract he's gonna get going into this season because he's got to be. He's probably the Pacers. You know, you take George out; he's their number one free agent priority is Jeff Teague because what do you do with him? And if he asks for I don't know, $100 million, do you give him that kind of money? Because that's a lot of money to give to a guy who Teague was good last year, but he's not, you know, he's, I don't think he's in the top 10 of point guards in the league, maybe not even top 15. But if he asked for four or five years at 100, $110 million, that's a lot of money to give him. I don't know if the Pacers should give him that kind of money. Yeah, that's going to be uh, another huge question here because he's, again, like CJ, in this market, it only takes a couple other suitors who uh, go after him and really there aren't uh, a lot of high-level point guards you know Chris Paul and Steph Curry but uh, you know Curry's going to stay in Golden State uh, so there aren't a lot of options out there and you know it was shocking last year when Michael Conley got you know, 153 million uh, I have a feeling uh, Teague's going to be well north of 100 million and you know a lot of times I see Pacers fans you know hoping analyzing thinking well Sixteen to twenty million might be right for Teague, and uh, probably that is right. But that doesn't mean that's 
how the market's going to fall out. And I, you know, I'm assuming it, it might be close to 20 to 24 million. So whew, that's a lot of money. And at some point, you almost have to put the blinders on to the numbers and and make sure you know the guy fits the team and and the salary cap going forward and, and what they can do. Uh, and, and the problem with T again, <clears throat> consistency a little bit scares us because you know we see every game, we know all the flaws. Uh, other teams, you know, can break down and, and pull out the good stuff and say, "Oh yeah, we need that guy," and they're going to be willing to overpay. Uh, but at some point, the Pacers are going to have to decide: Are they going to give Lance Stevenson the ball and let him run primarily with the ball? which is a big risk, <laughs> as fun as it might sound at times, that's a big risk. Uh, or are they going to have him be more of a utility backcourt guy with Teague being uh, you know, a fixture as a point guard? And again, it depends on the Paul George situation, but I have a feeling they're going to they're gonna make a run at him this summer. We'll just see how, how uh, much money he can. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at, at first Teague asked for the Mike Conley type of money, he probably won't get it to start. But if he comes out and that's his, that's his starting position on negotiation, and then he kind of gets his way down. Because I mean, especially with the way players of his caliber are averaging seventeen and ten a game, I wouldn't be surprised if some other team offers him a hundred plus million. They just have to match that somehow because the Pacers basically they can't afford to lose him for nothing because they gave up George Hill last year, another asset to get him, and it would just be. Especially if they're trying to keep Paul George long term, it'd be so much of like a setback if they just let Teague walk without getting like replacing him somehow. Because there's, you know, you don't get a lot of big name free agents here in Indiana, and Teague is from here. He probably wants to stay here because this is where he's from. Went to high school here. It makes sense for him to be here. So if the Pacers aren't willing to pay him, I don't know. That really makes sense why they wouldn't be able to, especially the lack the black of freedoms that come to this this state, if that makes sense for them not to just let him walk even if he gets up into the hundred and twenty million, let's say, over four or five years, which is a lot of money to pay for a guy of his level, but it might be what the market says to do. Yeah, and I think they made that deal with the assumption they were gonna pay him as a free agent. And, you know, I've said a bunch of times, I mean I the one that people are upset about George Hill being that trade and being dealt, thinking it was disrespectful. I honestly think George Hill was, was not going to sign here again. And that's, you know, that's why they made the move because they didn't want to be left holding the bag with him. So, uh, you know, they're, they're definitely going to have to make a run of tea. You know, he's been around town this summer. He's quite visible. Um, I, I always look at those kind of uh, reading the tea leaves with, you know, social media and things that happen in the off season. You know, I, I recall before Paul George signed his uh, last deal that, you know, he bought this huge house on Geis in June. It was like, oh, okay, I think Paul's going to be staying around. <laughs> and sure enough, you know, it was announced not long after that that uh, uh, he signed that new, next deal. So uh, we'll see uh, where that goes. But, you know, that's, I don't know what, storyline three of intrigue this summer? It's going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely going to be one of the more interesting and more important off-seasons for the Pacers because of just all the mitigating factors with Paul George and free agencies and the way the cap goes and the losing of Larry Bird and the bringing in of a new GM. It just, this is going to be one of the most important off seasons I can think of 
in a long time for this team because it's they're at this kind of roadway where if they can go one way or the other, they could rebuild, they could keep going. You know, it's just it's a, it's a, going to be one of the toughest offseasons to do. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. When we come back from this, we will talk about the Pacers draft prospects at the number 18th pick this season and some workouts coming up uh, later this week. Listening to the Locked On Pacers podcast. <laughs> 